0: Defenders, welcome to episode 156 of the most LAFC podcast on earth, Defenders of the Bank. You know my voice. I am the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, the scarf, and we are recording back at world famous Philmonster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California. So that means sitting a good five or six feet to my left,
1: he is Christian. Philly Philemon. The self-proclaimed Beast from the East and the self-proclaimed toast of the East Coast. Yes, it is 1048 p.m. on Sunday evening. Thankfully the clock doesn't say 1250 AM because we did that a couple of times last week. Yeah. And it damn near killed me. But speaking of damn near killed me, yep. damn near killed all of us. LAFC almost damn near killed all of us over the course of this past match against the Vancouver Whitecaps. All kinds of craziness going on. We did manage to secure a point, but man, we're going to get into this in just a little bit. But it certainly is to be it certainly is nice to be back here in Philomonster Studios with my good friend and pod partner for life, Jar Ebert the Scarf.
0: I thought you were talking about the tailgate about something damn near killing you on that last one because we've had a couple of long Tailgates for these last couple of Saturday home matches. Oh my goodness. But this one, I gotta say, Philly, was a little different than the rest. We had a couple of very, very special guests at the Defenders of the Bank tailgate. I'm talking about Al Rate, yeah. Lauren Terry and her boo were hanging out with us as well. Vince LaRosa stopped by, and of course everybody else who came by to our tailgates. But
1: our friends from the Ontario Fury. Yeah. Liz and
0: Blake. Yeah, it was a great tailgate, man. We had a really, really good time. Obviously, uh, the, the incredible shirts that the Cuervos were selling, uh, big ups to Gil on that one. That was pretty funny. And of course, just all the, the general camaraderie, debauchery, and good times that happen out on Christmas tree lane. Absolutely loved every minute of it. It is a long tailgate. And to whomever put up the signs, that said, no tailgating or picnicking. <laughs> We did not picnic, so that's fine. We did not picnic.
1: Certainly had a few fun, some fun with the sign, making a couple of D-Generation <laughs> X videos and uh, knocking it over. I didn't want to completely knock and bash it because that'd be considered uh, vandalism. I yeah, don't we don't want to do that. Defile city property now, especially with it going on social media. Yeah,
0: no, you very nicely tapped the sign over in that one video. That was fine. And you know what? We, we good-naturedly set that sign right back up, right in front of our tailgate. So that you guys could see the sign that said no tailgating or picnicking,
1: it was a bit of a shock. Though we got there, it was Panda <laughs> and I got there a couple minutes before you did, and we saw our friends from the um, from the expos. And I saw the sign, and did it open up your eyes? It, it and it opened up my eyes, but then like I looked to the left and I saw that they were s- establishing the tailgate over in the Fan Fest, and well. It just didn't apply. Put in a phone call to some peeps who we knew, and they said, "Don't worry about it." So I didn't worry about it. I <laughs> degeneration exited, so that was that. But look, it I, did come as a shock.
0: I do think Philly, as as great as the tailgate was, and you know, again, we were able to do pre and post game with our friend Vince Larosa over at One Ten Football, and that was so much fun. Just to be able to walk, just be able to walk through free play again. <laughs> to be honest, that was kind of nice, just to see it and know that at least still standing up there. But Philly. I think for us, personally, I'm going to have to say that after the match at Sunset was probably one of the biggest thrills that you and I have ever had as part of the Black and Gold Faithful. We're talking about Danny Rojas, Coach Beard, and Thierry Zorro of Ted Lasso. How cool was it, Philly, to meet three of the biggest stars of our favorite show, on, is it on television? I mean, do you even say that with Apple TV anymore? His
1: favorite television show, period. There you go. No, it really was cool, considering the fact that you and I and Panda and Nina are up to something that involves Ted Lasso. Yep. Should we tell the millions? Yeah, and
0: millions, absolutely. Now or do we... Uh... Yeah, tell it to him right now.
1: All right, so uh, the four of us, the Angel City Chicks and the Defenders of the Bank, we uh, got together and recorded two episodes of what we're going to be calling Ted Lasso Talks. T.L.T. Dino May. Philly is
0: very into singing that every time we talk about the the new sub-series that we have here under the Defenders of the Bank um, umbrella, Ted Lasso Talks. We did a whole series one, or season one, I should say. I, I wouldn't call it a breakdown or a recap. I would, I would just call it extemporaneous thoughts with Defenders of the Bank and the Angel City Chicks. But then, Philly, we had a good time. Breaking down our Goodbye Earl episode, season two, episode one. Uh, We are going to be releasing those very, very shortly. And again, looking forward to episode two of season two of Ted Lasso. Another thing we got to do today, Philly, I mean, I know I got here a little bit later today, but we got to watch Jamaica and the U.S. men's national team. Kudos to Matthew Hoppy for the one nothing win over Jamaica and Philly. That means we get to take on
1: Qatar. Yeah, in the Gold Cup, which, uh, well, considering the regional competitive, the regional rivalries that we have with all the other places, Qatar not so much a regional rival. <laughs> no, not so much. No, not whatsoever. But I was quite surprised when they beat El Salvador. Like I saw the highlights of one of those goals that was outside a box, shot in the upper left-hand corner. It was a banger. I mean, Qatar looked pretty good. And if I'm not mistaken, they they are champion in their in their designated territory. So it should be an exciting matchup. Canada's going to take on Mexico. The United States is going to take on Qatar. And then the winner of each match is going to square off against the other on Sunday, August the 1st. So we do have an LAFC match on Wednesday. We got the Gold Cup semifinals on Thursday there's nothing going on over the course of next weekend which is going to be a nice relief but LAFC is going to have a lot going on we got plenty of football in our mix and a lot of fun to be had going down the road
0: yeah I know you and I were both rooting for Josh Perez there with El Salvador but oh well you know what Qatar it is I I do believe the U.S. men's national team will play in the final good luck to Mark Anthony K the Canadian glory machine out there with the Canadian men's national team Philly Let's get right into some of the usual suspects on an episode of Defenders of the Bank. This day in LAFC history, Philly mentioned we are recording this Sunday, July 25th at about 1054 p.m. Yesterday was the match, of course, Saturday the 24th, and in 2018, the July 24th date was very special for one. Lee Wynn, I was actually there when this happened. Lee Wynn kicking a soccer ball through the giant hole in Randy's Donuts in Inglewood on Manchester. That was really cool to see. And as Lee Wynn will tell you, he did it on the very first try. So that was pretty cool. 2018, Lee Wynn kicking a ball through the giant hole in Randy's Donuts there in Inglewood.
1: But 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 seriously, how many how many tries was it?
0: It was one take he really did it in one try it was no way no way i'm telling you he did it in one try it was pretty great uh the next day that would be today sunday july 25th in 2019 carlos vela named captain of the 2019 mls all-star game versus atletico madrid it was hashtag captain vela for the second straight year and that is this day in LAFC history
1: you sniffing a third straight?
0: I, I mean, I don't think Bob he's, Bradley's
1: the head coach. Carlos Vela playing at the bank he, in his home area.
0: He's definitely going to play. I just don't think he's going to be named captain for this one. I, I have a.
1: Will uh, it be really ridiculous if it was Chicharito? No,
0: I have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be that guy that plays up in Seattle, the Peruvian. I think that's going to be Raul Ruiz Diaz oh, as the I captain. Don't know, we'll man. see. Look, I don't want it to be. I want it to be Carlos Vela for the third straight year. I think that would be absolutely incredible. But I think if you're looking at who's playing the best, although we'll talk about the the streak that Carlos Vela is on right now, but we'll see. Could be him. Could be Carlos Gil... Maybe. He's got he's got twelve assists. Everybody else has six or five. It's unbelievable.
1: What but- we do know is that there are plenty of tickets still available for the All Star <laughs> Game. I don't know if there are, there are any left for the Skills Competition, which is taking place the day before. Those tickets are a little cheaper, and we've had some fun in our times like watching the Skills Competition of the All Star Game. So yeah, it'll be really cool to get a chance to see these boys do these exhibitions live. So- was
0: was it Wayne Rooney and Carlos Vela that teamed up for that one? Right, they were doing the 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 volley and shoot or something like that. A couple couple of years ago. That was pretty cool to see Wayne Rooney out there. Philly, let's get into a couple LAFC news and notes, and we want to kick it off with a very, very big congratulations to the LAFC pregame show for winning a Los Angeles Area Emmy Award, which was announced pretty much during the match against Vancouver. And of course, that's Max Bredos, that's Mark Rogandino, that's Gigi Javrina Catalina, because this was for last year's productions so congratulations to yuli and bernard and everybody else that is a big part of that lafc pregame show or at least was last year congrats on winning the emmy philly that's pretty cool that we can say we're friends with emmy winners now
1: oh absolutely but we we are dealing with an emmy winner on a regular basis do you know manesh Of 110 Football has an Emmy? That's pretty cool. So lately, we've been surrounded by really amazing and great people. Actually, I take that back. We've always been surrounded by pretty amazing (laughs) and great people. But it's pretty neat to obviously be chatting and hanging out with people that are so good at what they do, they actually get recognized on award shows.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Speaking of people... That are great at what they do and people that we love. How about Steven Betashore back yeah, in the news? We I are gonna that. we're gonna do a little bit of a rundown of some former LAFC player news because we always said we would do it if it was significant news. And it's certainly significant for Steven Betashore, one of our favorite players in club history, friend of the pod. We had him on the pod over pandemic. He has not played in an MLS match, or really any other match for that matter, since he played the first 59 minutes against Carson in our 5-3 win in the 2019 playoffs. Well, Beta is back with the Colorado Rapids. He came on in the 65th minute of Colorado's 2-0 win over Dallas last Wednesday and came on at the half in their 3-0 loss to RSL yesterday. Great to see Steven Betashore back on the pitch. Even though it's up in Colorado, we, of course, wish him all the best. And Always. Philly, unfortunately, I'm going to have to have you name that Perez that got hurt
1: for the DC United. Yep, Adrian Perez had been the only player to appear in every match for DC United. Until, until... The weekend. Unfortunately, Adrian was injured on Saturday, July the 17th, in DC United's 2-0 loss to the Philadelphia Onions, and it looks like he's going to miss significant time after undergoing foot surgery this week. We wish Adrian the quickest of recoveries, and we hope to see him back on the pitch doing his thing with DC United.
0: Yeah, if you on ESPN Plus don't have the Scottish First Division League signed up yet, you got to make sure you check out Aberdeen's games because Christian Ramirez made his debut for Scotland's Aberdeen on Thursday, July 22nd in what actually Philly was a pretty significant game for Aberdeen. Aberdeen played BK Hocken, and I probably pronounced that wrong, but that's okay, in the first leg of the second round of the UEFA Europa Conference League qualifiers. Ramirez started and played pretty much the whole game. He got subbed out in the 90th plus sixth minute of stoppage. And in the 83rd minute, I have to think maybe he did that one for me, the scarf, number 83 on the back of my jersey. Thank that, you, Christian. That, that, I mean, come
1: on. It, it's so blatantly No obvious.
0: other reason, right? He was in the right place at the right time to tap in Aberdeen's fourth goal of the night, helping to secure a 5-1 win. And Philly... You were sitting right where you were when I made my Bob Out rant.
1: It was but, glorious uh, probably the greatest rant in 150 <laughs> plus episodes of Defenders of the it's mean, It was at
0: least the best one I think I've ever done. Okay. You've had some absolute gems. I don't know. Yours is
1: pretty darn good. I tip my hat <laughs> to you my friend. Well listen, if
0: you, if you guys were paying attention to that rant towards all the uh, Bob Out crowd at the end of our last episode you'll recognize the name Stephen Glass. He was the interim coach for Atlanta before being relieved of his duties after 19 matches, two more than the recently fired Gabriel Heinze. Why do I bring that up? Because he is Christian Ramirez's current manager at Aberdeen. Now- I've got
1: to say, I'm really proud of him being at Aberdeen and doing his thing. And if you looked at all the social media posts on Aberdeen, people are well-received. You even saw like some like Yankee-style references. Like People in Scotland <laughs> are excited. And, and Aberdeen's not you know a small-time club. I mean, Aberdeen does play in the Scottish Premier League, and yep. Christian Ramirez is going to get to go to the Ibrox against the Rangers. He's going to get to go to Celtic Park to play against Celtic FC. And Aberdeen, by the way, in case for those of you who don't know, was the club that Sir Alex Ferguson, the... Most successful head coach in the history of Manchester United. That's where he was prior to taking on the helm at Old Trafford. So Aberdeen's got some history to it as a club. And Christian Ramirez, somebody who graced our pitch, adds to their uh, historic legacy. So so
0: here you heard it first on Defenders of the Bank, even though uh, I believe Ole Gunnar Sol- Solskjaer just signed a larger contract. Philly is claiming that now Steven Glass, just like... Sir Alex Ferguson will take over at Manchester United someday. No, none, I think that's, no, the, uh, no, I think I'm that's happy the prediction. Oli. I think that's the prediction. Oli, Oli is one made. of
1: us. I, He's I'm one of us. just
0: telling you what I heard. Real quick, Las Vegas Lights update. Las Vegas Lights led 1-0, led 2-1. Unfortunately wound up losing 3-2 to the Real Monarchs on Friday. Unfortunately couldn't hold the lead. Two LAFC products, Christian Torres and Cal Jennings, in the 23rd and 61st minutes with the goals. But it was a heartbreaker, and it was a penalty heartbreaker in the sixth minute of stoppage. That's right. The 90th plus sixth is mentioned once again on the episode. It is a penalty from Milan Iloshki for the Real Monarchs, which sinks the lights 3-2. And that's our quick Las Vegas Lights update. Well, just let,
1: let's let the millions and millions. know where they stand in the standings. Yeah, in go right ahead. Of the Western Conference all right, the Vegas Golden, the, I was going to call, it so weird. The Vegas Arnold. Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Lights. The Las Vegas Lights are currently sitting in fifth place, uh, staring up, not by, a, not by a lot, though, staring up at LA Galaxy, Los Dos, the San Diego Loyal, Orange County, and of course, Phoenix Rising. Those are your top teams within the Western Conference Division of the USL. The Las Vegas Lights are only above the Tacoma Defiance, Sacramento Republic, and Scarf's favorite kit bearing team the oakland roots yeah the oakland
0: roots really nice kit although not my favorite usl kit bearing team that would be forward madison but not in usl championship division that would be usl league one either way that is our update on the las vegas lights philly you and i let's just say we came into the vancouver matchup a little bullish on our chances. I'll use the financial term for you there, buddy.
1: That's one way to look at it for yeah, sure. The uh, the,
0: La- uh, the Las Vegas. LAFC has fared very, very well, especially looking at the last two meetings that we have played Vancouver at home. I mean, Philly, when you take out a team 6-1 and 6 nothing, and then that team goes on to not have Ali Adnan because he is no longer on the team. To not have Hwang and Baum because he is no longer on the team, and to not have Maxime Crepou and Lucas Cavallini because they are away with and the Canadian, Yeah, absolutely right with the Canadian men's national team. I mean, we had to go in bullish, right? Here we are, our, our offense riding a streak of creating chance after chance after chance. Why not be bullish against Vancouver?
1: Of course not. I mean, they haven't been off to a very good start. And Mark Dos Santos's tenure at Vancouver Whitecaps has been anything but rosy in the 70-plus games that he's been there. I mean, he's he's only won 20 times, a winning percentage of a little over 26%. So he hasn't exactly been scorching the standings at the helm of Vancouver. But yeah, with all these players gone with the way they've performed although they did beat the galaxy quite handedly uh, earlier on in the season so i have to tip my hat to them in that accord yep. but did not think that vancouver would give us our run for the money because as you said we've put up several goals against them however the last time we did play them which was october the 14th of last year they did beat us 2 to 1 but prior to that i mean we had tw- we had scored 12 on them and they had only scored one so we were feeling bullish Probably a little too cocky, and I think our LAFC boys felt that way too because in the opening minutes of the game, they seemed to look past a couple of things, but we'll get into that in just a second. You stated the fact that Lucas Cavallini would not be in the lineup, Lucas Cavallini contributing one goal and one assist on the season. I have to ask you, Scarf. What um, and I just learned this. Did you know that Lucas Cavallini actually played at Peñarol with Diego Rossi in twenty seventeen?
0: Yeah, you know what? I did my deep dive on that. I was ready to report on that, and so much
1: for stumping the scarf. Well, and then
0: unfortunately, I found out he wasn't going to be in the lineup, so I didn't put that in my notes. But yeah, yeah, you know, Cavallini is he's kind of been a an on again, off again talent for Vancouver. They don't have a ton in the designated player department, but Cavallini, they're definitely putting their eggs in that basket. And again, he would not be a part of this match. Neither would Maxime Cropo. But Philly, a player that you and I were both very, very excited to watch during the COVID Cup. I think he emerged from like third or fourth on the depth chart. And I'm going to get into, if you don't mind, Philly, the Vancouver roster coming into this match. Goalkeeper Thomas Hassall, the Hassall Wall, as we started to call him. Vancouver rolls out a really young team, a really young team. In fact, I don't believe they have a starter anywhere near 30 years old. And you're going to hear a lot of ages as I go through the lineup Thomas Assault starts it off. He is a 22-year-old who made a name for himself in the COVID Cup last year. He's come on last couple of matches as Maxime Cropot has been away on Canadian men's national team duty. Christian Gutierrez on the back line, the 24-year-old Canadian from Quebec, eh, who also has Chilean (laughs) citizenship. I wonder how many Chilean Quebecians there are out there. Eric Godoy, the Argentine center back, the most expensive center back in Vancouver Whitecaps history. Ranko Veselinovic, the 22-year-old Serbian who made his first cap with the Serbian men's national team earlier this year. Javain Brown, the 22-year-old Jamaican who has already capped four times for the Reggae Boys, who we watched play today. He was obviously not capping in that match. He also was a South Florida Bull. That's right, the University of South Florida. Yanio Bikel. The Bissau-born Portuguese citizen who played ole, ole. in Spain, Netherlands, and Bulgaria before coming to Canada. That's right. A I believe that was like a 20-word description with six different countries. There you go. A little, a little deep dive there with the scarf. Michael Baldissimo, the 21-year-old from Vancouver. That's right, the homegrown kid. He's been with the big club. He's 21, but Philly, he's been with the big club since 2018. And Caio Alexandre. It looks like Alexander, but it's Alexandre. Andre, the 22-year-old Brazilian who joined Vancouver right before the start of the season. He was really their talisman in the first half. We'll talk about him in just a little bit. Deber Caicedo, if you watched anything that Philly and I did... For the pregame or for anything leading into this match, we mentioned his name quite a bit as one of the players to watch. It would have been nice had Bob mentioned that to any of the black and gold when they were out there. The 21-year-old Colombian, who is the really the other main weapon in the lineup for Vancouver, a couple of goals and assists each on the year for Daber. Brian White, Philly, a former New Jersey energy drink, a former Duke Blue Devil, and a New Jersey native joined Vancouver, oh, about seven weeks ago from the Red Bulls. And Dahomey, Christian (laughs) Dahomey, lots of time in Columbia before coming to Vancouver, a weapon that you need to account for at all times on the pitch, five goals, two assists coming in. He was their main offensive star. And in the 18 Philly, just one player I would like to mention. That would, of course, be Andy Rose, married to Bob Bradley's daughter. And he has actually scored twice for LAFC, despite never actually playing for the black and gold. Own goals, one in 2019 and one in 2020. He unfortunately Philly would not see action in the match, which means he could not score. <laughs> Mark Dos Santos third. didn't trust him. That's absolutely you said right. It, third time's a charm. Third time is a charm. That rounds out Vancouver Philly. Let's talk about the black and gold.
1: Yeah, of course. So LAFC starting with Thomas Romero in between the pipes. Said it one time. I'll say it a few more times in case you haven't heard me. There really is no more goalkeeper controversy at this club anymore. No disrespect to Pablo Cisniega. Thomas Romero is your man. And unless he gets hurt, I'm knocking on wood that that doesn't happen. This is the guy moving forward. So proud of what this kid has managed to accomplish. And he certainly had a few great saves in the matchup against Vancouver. Our back line, we got Tristan Blackman. Kim Moon Hwan. Welcome back. Jesus David Murillo. In case you don't know why we were missing him the last match, Bob didn't sit him out because he wanted to do him a recreational favor. No, Jesus David Murillo was out because of yellow card accumulation and he definitely is our stock up rising player. Up until that point, he had played the most minutes out of any player on LAFC and now he flip-flops that role with Eddie Segura. However, Eddie Segura did not start the first uh, half of the game. He did come on later. I'd Love to check the minutes, but these guys are neck and neck for most minutes played on the pitch. Then you got Marco Farfan. I mentioned in the last pod that I wasn't a, I was far from a fan of Marco. Oh, uh, I did it
0: again. I, I
1: did it again. I mean, I think it's a funny, it's a fun play on words. Yeah, you did. It. I won't use it anymore uh, on this episode, unless of course going forward we see more uh, mishaps. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Raheem Edwards, Latif Blessing, welcome back, Edward Atuesta, Jose Cifuentes, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela. Our bench, Pablo Cisniega, Jordan Harvey, who we'd love to see at some point, but uh in the season, but I mean this wouldn't have been the match to do so. Pancho Janella, Chiki Palacios, Bryce Duke, Eddie Segura, who's getting a much needed time on the bench. Uh, Corey Baird, Danny Musovski, who's uh he was questionable with uh, with a knee situation, but he was back on the pine, and Brian. Scarf's favorite player <laughs> from Uruguay, Brian. And that's your LAFC lineup.
0: Uh, Philly, by the way, just to fill in the uh, the question that you asked earlier, after this match, it would be Eddie Segura with 1,285 minutes played and Jesus Murillo with 1,260 Minutes played three minutes ahead of Neck and neck Oh, okay, is in the mix Yeah, just three minutes behind Mario. But that being said, you're absolutely right, Philly We're talking about guys who are playing a ton of minutes And I just want to throw this out Because I know this person listens to our podcast Marvin, have a better take on LAFC fans' Facebook page Mario sat because of yellow card accumulation Do a little bit of research before you post there, bud Thanks so much <laughs> And so here we go, getting ready to kick off the game It's okay, I know Marvin Just sometimes he likes to be negative all the time In the first minute, Philly, you can really see how Vancouver was sitting back and allowing LAFC to come to them. And Philly, this is something I have a feeling you and I are going to see now over and over and over again for the rest of the season, as long as LAFC is employing that 5-3-2, 3-5-2 hybrid. We saw it with Portland. We saw it with RSL. And now we are seeing it again here with Vancouver. Teams sitting back and waiting for the counter. And I have to be honest with you, after watching this match, Philly, the lesser-talented team like Vancouver to have as much success as they did. That's going to be what we see employed against us for the remainder of the season. In the third minute, a nice tackle in the corner. A good takeaway by Marco Farfan. Hopefully you are becoming more of a fan. Well, he
1: certainly had a bit more success in the first three minutes of this game than he did the last time. Oh,
0: yeah. We are not going to talk about the first 10 minutes or so of his night last time. That was awful. In the fourth minute, a little one-two by Vela and Moon Juan broken up in the box. By Vancouver. And what I loved here in the seventh minute, you thought, okay, all right, LAFC coming out on the front foot a little bit. A pretty little run of play here by LAFC, but not a lot to show for it. It was a nice little back heel pass from Vela Moon Juan, who crossed it over to Sifu. Vela, Kim Moon-Juan, and Jose C. Fuentes. They are turning out to be the real deal offensively for this club. He dragged it through, going left of the box to Rossi, who shot, unfortunately, blocked in front of Hassal as that ball settled down to Atuesta. He had his shot blocked out to Raheem, and then Raheem with a shot as Thomas Hassall makes the save. A nice little run of play there, Philly. Seven minutes in.
1: Yep, a couple minutes later, Vancouver potentially wanted to expose Farfan the same way that Portland did. Earlier, they were definitely challenging him. Vancouver continued to do that, but they earned their first corner. It was Kaiseido who had the opportunity. Nothing really came above that play. In the 11th minute, got another corner kick. Vancouver had a shot. Um, off of a corner, but a shot that sailed really, really high into the hands of Thomas Romero, and uh, obviously they were testing his attention span, so that's the story there. <laughs> 13th minute, Latif finds Cifuentes, who takes a big shot low, but Hassal makes the save. 16th minute, a flurry of action here by Vancouver. Beautiful lead pass from Gutierrez to Brian White, who takes it at the top of the 18. Wait,
0: did you almost break into the Brian? It sounded like when you were about to say Brian to Brian White.
1: I, I, I mean, I can't that was help it; good. it might subconsciously be in there. I was like, wait
0: a minute, Philly wrote a song about Brian White. This is huge.
1: White to Dahomey, not our homie Christian Dahomey, <laughs> who, whose cross bangs off Farfan and out to Romero has to make a stabbing, flailing save with his left hand, saving a sure own goal off Atuesta. Latif able to clear the line with a long ball through the middle of the pitch... An own goal would have been quite ugly to start the match.
0: Yeah, but Philly, what a save there by Thomas Romero. He was paying attention. He was going the wrong way, kind of falling to his right, because that's where all the action was. This ball pinballs around in the box. A left-handed stab of a save. You're absolutely right. Another example
1: why this kid is great. An
0: incredible, incredible save there. Uh, In the 22nd minute, just another turnover for LAFC in the middle of the field. This one goes to Caicedo, but thank goodness his cross rolled out as no one was on the back post LAFC getting really really lucky there and I also in the 22nd minute something that I began to notice from Kim Moon-Hwan this entire match he couldn't really control the ball in the box off of a nice turnover the ball just didn't seem to be settling well for Kim Moon-Hwan the way that it had in previous matches and look for all of you that have the ability to go back and re-watch games because I have to say it was really nice that I DVR'd the game on my KCOP channel 13 I went back and I rewatched the match this morning, and if you just look at the tail end of the 22nd and the beginning of the 23rd minute, if you're going to go back to watch this match, please watch the passing by LAFC. It was sloppy. It was lackluster. It was it was just everything that I wouldn't ma- want my U9s teams to do. Yeah, it was just it was just bad, and I, I just couldn't help but think. Philly of some of these Premier League teams that we watch, or some of these Serie A teams, or La Liga teams, or, or even you know some of the the Liga One te- Liga uh, teams that we watch, the passing you. is thank you. The passing is just incredibly crisp, and it, it was just awful. I was really frustrated watching LaFC. Pass the ball. And in the 24th minute, another great ball by Jesus David Murillo. But unfortunately, Kim Moon Hwan couldn't bring that down with his right. More of the same, that like awkward touch there from Kim Moon Hwan. And in the 25th minute, Philly, danger, Will Robinson,
1: danger. Huh? Danger, danger. We get a goal by Vancouver. Some really nice passing. White finds Dahomey, who in turn tries to find Caicedo. Kim Moon-Hwan tries to make that play. Thomas Romero's also going after it. They both miss, and the ball lands right in front of Caicedo, who had an easy look to punish LAFC on that counter. With the way LAFC played up to this point... Really, was it a surprise that Vancouver was the team to draw first blood? Vancouver had been passing the ball really, really well, and LAFC playing extremely sluggishly. You mentioned it. Uninspiring passing, uninspiring play, and just like that, Caicedo gets his third goal of the season and notches up the first goal of the game.
0: Yeah, Philly, LAFC was caught on the high press in that, and again... We talked about it at the start of the recap. This is what teams have done against us. They wait for us to make the mistake, catch us in a high press, or catch us throwing guys forward, and then beat us on the counter. And you mentioned the great passing. Also, a little bit of a miscommunication there, I think, between Kim Moon-Hwan and Tomas Romero. Uh, Maybe we're seeing a little trend develop here, guys. Go back and look at some of the goals that we've given up recently. When Kim Moon-Hwan is forced to come inside and defend 1v1 rather than on the outside. Seems to be maybe a communication issue or a timing issue with Romero in the back line. Not liking what I see there, and unfortunately, kind of a shock goal, right? I mean, this is a a team that that really had no business getting out on the front foot. We mentioned it, 12-1 the last two times we've played here on aggregate. And off the restart, Philly, in the 27th minute, LAFC lazy once again, more of literally what we just saw. You mentioned it. LAFC just clearly not valuing the ball early in this match. Atuesta was dispossessed. And it was Tristan Blackman, who I thought Philly had a wonderful game, or I should say a wonderful first half, that he had to race back. We'll say for
1: sure that he had a wonderful play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he, we'll go back, we'll talk about it at the half, but he had to go back and deflect the shot from Alexandre. And by the way, it was a yellow for Alexandre right after, as he earned it for a bad tackle after naughty, the block shot. And in the 28th minute, finally, LAFC connecting some passes through the middle. We just couldn't
1: find a shot from it, Philly. Cifuente, yeah, in 29th minute, Cifuentes passing off to Vela. Vela passing the ball off to Raheem. But rather than take a shot that he had clear at Hassan, he tried to find Rossi rather than shoot himself. And as a result of that, nothing happened. And then a couple minutes later, later? <laughs> that's, hey, a, that's later. A hey, later. 32nd hey. minute, Vela trying to find Raheem again. He Raheem missed the mark on that one. Then he gets dispossessed a couple minutes later. Can't say that Raheem Edwards played exceptionally well over the course of these six or so minutes. But then, in the thirty-eighth minute, scarf. Yeah, another goal by the other team. Ugh. Off the free kick, Christian Gutierrez floats one in and Vancouver's most deadly weapon, the guy who's got five goals on the season, the guy who, heck, we basically have been saying all week to watch out for, he's the guy who heads it. Christian Dahomey smacks home his sixth goal of the season and the second goal of the night for the Vancouver Whitecaps and shell-shocked would be the term that came across my head. I, I wrote in my notes. What the hell is happening? Multiple question marks and exclamation points.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, and especially because it seemed you kind of went over it for these first these last couple of minutes before Vancouver scores this goal. LAFC was out on the front foot a little bit. They they kind of settled down. They were much more comfortable, and they started to string some passes together. Started to maybe dominate the run of play just a little bit, and then just like that, off of the free kick, you mentioned it, it was a perfect ball, but also a lot of clean air there. Especially for Christian Dahomey. We're not talking about like a six two, six three center back that was rising above everybody. Dahomey is not a large guy. So just too much clean air there in the box for Vancouver. LAFC needs to get a little more physical, but luckily Philly. What I tell a lot of teams in Major League Soccer is simply this sometimes. We have Carlos Vela, and you don't. In the 40th minute, LAFC pulling one back. It's odd to to with a through ball for Carlos Vela at the top of the box. The offside flag came up, but for the first of a couple of times here in this match, Philly, VAR and the refs, thank you, green team, crediting LAFC with the goal. A great response for LAFC giving up a goal just two minutes earlier and it's now 2-1. We have halved the deficit and as awful as this half has been for LAFC Philly, now everything still in reach. This would be the third straight game and the fourth and I believe the last seven that we have seen a goal from Captain Carlos. And we're hoping this trend continues through the course of the regular season in the 44th minute. Eric Godoy sending it over the LAFC bench trying to clear and who comes up with a touch on it that would be our favorite security Paul that's right great hands (laughs) from Paul able to corral that ball and punch it back into the field of play nicely done and also on the 44th minute Caicedo able to bring it up the left side in a hurry but there again is Tristan Blackman very happy with his 1v1 defending, especially against Caicedo. It was a corner for Vancouver, deflected out for another, and then deflected away again. And Philly, three minutes of stoppage time. We had a dangerous ball in our free kick in the first minute, but this time you could tell they got better collected in the back. And Thomas Romero deciding to stay home, the defense holding, and in the second minute, it's Carlos Vela with one good save on, on, excuse me, one good shot banged off the wall. And unfortunately, Kim Moon-Juan couldn't make an overlapping run on another. And Philly, just like that, we're in halftime 2-1.
1: Yeah, I want to go back to the goal that Carlos Vela scored. I had mentioned that there was a series of six to eight minutes where Raheem Edwards did not play very well. Yeah, I will say that we didn't mention him. Atuesta did have a great pass that threaded the needle to Carlos Vela. But the way that Atuesta even found the ball by way of his foot is the hustle of Raheem Edwards, who took that ball away, had LAFC control possession, and he brought the pass out to Atuesta that made that play play happens. So sometimes I may be a little harsh on somebody, but I will tip my hat and give credit where credit is due. Had Raheem Edwards not had that hustle determination to bring back that ball and dispossess the Vancouver White Captain, the play with Vela and Atuesta would have never come through. But yes, that's the uh, the end of the first half, 2-1. Two, two as far as shots are concerned, we're looking at 4-3 to three LAFC. Shots on target, 3-2 to two Vancouver. Possession, 50-50. Passing accuracy, both teams just under 80%. Not a whole lot of chances created. Four corners for LAFC, three to Vancouver. Fouls, naughty-naughty. Vancouver with uh, had 10 all go to go along with LAFC's five. Two offside on Vancouver and Alessandre, not Alexander. Yellow card, and that is the stats of the first half. Yeah, Philly,
0: one other stat that I wanted to mention, and look, I'm not a smart enough soccer aficionado. I don't do tactics. I don't really know what this stat means in terms of whether it was a bad thing or a good thing. I know what it means is that Vancouver had many, many more crosses than LAFC did going into the second half, Philly. It was 14-1 to on crosses in that first half. And look, Bob must have seen something, right? Coming out of the half because big changes for LAFC, most notably going back to a 4-3-3. Bob's traditional formation, four new players coming on for the black and gold. It would be Cheeky Palacios coming in for Marco Farfan. Raheem Edwards coming off for Corey Baird. Interesting that it wasn't Brian Rodriguez. Tristan Blackman, who I thought again had a very good first half. I was very happy with Tristan's half coming out for Eddie Segura. Hard to argue anytime you sub in a player of Eddie Segura's caliber on there. And Latif Blessing coming out for Philly's favorite movement of 2021. Hashtag free Poncho. Yeah. Poncho Janella into the match. Again, a little bummed that Tristan comes off because I thought he played really well. Uh, lots of uh lots of wholesale changes here, Philly, for LAFC needing to just kind of throw caution to the wind and switch things up to try and find the equalizer down 2-1 to begin the second half.
1: Yeah, and to begin the second half, we had a really nice opportunity. Three minutes in, 48th minute, off of a free kick outside the box, not too far from the exact spot that Edward to scored a goal that propelled LAFC over Houston to clinch the Supporters' Shield back in 2019. Ah, the memories. But the Hassal wall stalls that Atuesta ball, and then seconds later at a cheeky who tried to find Rossi, he had a shot that gets deflected. Rossi calls for a handball, but no call on that play, and over the course of the next several minutes, we get a series of yellow cards by both teams, mainly Vancouver. 58th minute, we had a yellow card on Baldissimo. just want to tip my hat off to him. He was passing the ball extremely well in the first half. 67th minute, we get a yellow card on Baird. 69th minute on Bikel... Naughty, naughty, these boys. Things starting to get chippy.
0: Yeah, Philly, look, we didn't get a giggity goal, but we did get that giggity yellow card there in the 69th minute for Kel. But, you know what, I I heard Vince LaRosa over my shoulder saying, you know, that was probably a smart tactical foul, because I know Vince likes those smart tactical fouls.
1: He's the X's and O's guy, and I would say he compliments us well. It's been a joy working with Vince LaRosa on 110 football. The pre- and post-games have been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and you'll notice, by the way, we went from like the 50th to the 70th minute pretty quickly. Look, but I, I did think LAFC kind of dominating the run of play for these 20 minutes. We definitely came out looking much better and more comfortable both on offense, but especially being much more collected on the back line there on defense. In the 71st minute, Philly, I thought about you when I saw this play. I was watching it on replay a hard foul on Baldissimo by Atuesta. And all I thought was Philly would say, Oh, give him a little bit of the uh, how's your father
1: there? <laughs> okay, one. I was wondering where you were going with that.
0: in the 74. I mean, if you go back and look, for those of you who are gonna rewatch this game after you hear us talk about it, or maybe you watch the game while we talk about it, that would be kind of cool. Watch the shiver. <laughs> that an idea. That, <laughs> watch the shiver that Atuesta gives Baldissimo <laughs> there in the 71st minute. And in the 73rd, I wrote this, even here in the 73rd minute, you still don't see the crispness or sharpness in their passing. And not a ton of urgency either, I felt, Philly, as we are almost now 30 minutes through the second half. But we were controlling possession. We were controlling the run of play in the second half much, much more than we were before. And in the 75th, come on, Jose C. Fuentes, what a volley and what a series of passes. It was Ginella Chiki who crosses it into the box. Notice how we scored a goal off of a cross that we hadn't really tried to do much of that in the first half. And a one-time volley with the right foot for Jose C. Fuentes. I don't know how many players, Philly, we have capable of putting this, as you would say, in the back of the polyurethane. But a great goal and great passing to get it there by LAFC. And it is game on. It is 2-2. And we've at least salvaged a point so far.
1: Hustle behind the muscle of Cifuentes. I mean, he launched a rocket scarf. A rocket that would have rivaled the speed of Jeff Bezos' phallic-looking Amazon spaceship. Cifuentes <laughs> further padding his stats, scoring his fifth goal of the season. Fifth goal. He is currently our leading scorer. What a revelation he has been. Bob said some interesting things about him at, uh, at the press conference at the end of the game, which we'll highlight towards the end of this, but man, was that the goal we were looking for. And then minute a couple minutes later, Vancouver starts Off with their next set of subs. Russell Tybert uh, comes in for Caio Alessandre, and Tybert was the man who broke Jordan Harvey's appearance record for the Vancouver Whitecaps. So I wonder if Harvey has any kind of disdain for Tybert, but I I doubt
0: it. He's happy here. I mean, and by the way, you know what we didn't mention, Philly, Canada, bad on us. Yeah, Kimberly Caldwell Harvey again, killing it. With O Canada, the Canadian national anthem.
1: Yeah, I mean, she always does a great job. Always a pleasure hearing Kim Caldwell-Harvey do her thing. And then we also had Ricketts in for Brian White. And Ricketts made his 350th appearance for Club and Country. So good on him. The Grizzly veteran was a mainstay for the Canadian national team. However, the Canadian national team hasn't been good until lately. So (laughs) no... that no hate on Ricketts. Are you saying it was
0: Donovan Ricketts' fault that the Canadian men's national team wasn't any good?
1: No, no, it just it just a mere coincidence. Anyway, eighty second minute, we fast forward. Cheeky had a clear shot at Hassel, but the wall is there to stop another ball. Hassel, by the way, last season the a beautiful revelation. I think he was what almost two hundred and seventy minutes. Yeah, two two and over two and a half games where nobody would scored on him. He was off to the races, and the poor kid got injured. Poor kid got injured. He was the story of the MLS's back tournament.
0: Yeah, and- we had a, a couple of yellow cards traded, right, I believe, by Caicedo and Murillo. Yep, yep, yep. But Philly, in the 84th minute, I'm calling it, this has to be our wait. What? what moment of the podcast? Because, honestly, we controlled the run of play for most of the first 40 minutes, and again, a big thank you. And we won't say this very often here at Defenders of the Bank. A big thank you to the green team on this one. The offside flag is up. We weren't sure what it was for at first, Philly. But LAFC dodging a huge bullet here. Looks like it was an obstruction call. Great passing by Vancouver to find Dahomey. I mean, that's the guy. You got to watch for him. And he bangs it off the inside of the post and in, but it would not matter. It was indeed clearly obstruction. But again, how quickly and efficiently Vancouver got that ball in there. Almost another heartbreaking late goal given up by LAFC.
1: Heart attack city in the 84th minute. And I've said this on multiple occasions and I still firmly believe it. I always say that you can't leave the decisions up to the officials. But between VAR and, of course, that obstruction flag, that idea got thrown out the window. That philosophy gets thrown out the window just for this time period. You saw, you saw the homie from a mile away, wide open, and you thought he was going to score a goal. But football can sometimes be a cruel mistress. In this case, thank you, football gods. Thank you for not allowing that goal to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I thought for sure we were going to have another late stunner. And and look, it, it was bad when it was Portland. It would have been real, real bad if this was here with Vancouver. That would have been rough. I do want to mention something in the 87th minute, Philly. Diego Rossi with a nice takeaway, but he couldn't find Velo with a through ball. But that's not what I want to mention. In the 87th minute, another giveaway, this one by Kim Moon Hwan. And I think that's the first time, Philly, that I even mentioned, thought of, saw, or or knew that Kim Moon-Hwan was on the pitch in the second half. Just kind of like Mr. Cellophane out there. Didn't know he was even out there for LAFC in the second half. Not a great game for Kim Moon-Hwan, but look, he's still settling in, still figuring out his way through. We thought we would get a little magic here in the 88th minute as Carlos Vela earning a free kick. And Bikel again, lucky not to get carded. I thought Bikel could have easily uh, captured a couple of cards in this match. A chip over the top from Matuesta looking for Murillo, but nothing there. And honestly, stoppage time was the Javane Brown show, Philly. He was uh, rolling around on the floor despite not really being contacted by Carlos Vela. He was clearly in what we call soccer agony. And honestly, it just seemed like Vancouver was stalling for a point on the road.
1: Stalling for a point on the road indeed. Certainly got a couple of boos on that one, but... Last play of the game, Cheeky spilled a Vancouver player to give them a free kick near the sideline. Romero catches it, and that's the game. Uh, I mean, not the greatest of games. It was a hard come from behind effort to at least claw back a point. As far as your stats are concerned, LAFC started picking things up on the shots. It had 10 to 5 at the end of the game. In terms of shots on target, it was 3 to 2. Vancouver could only manage one more. Actually, no. In fact, they didn't have any more shots on target. That was it. The first half was it for them. So nothing along the lines there. LAFC maintained a little bit more possession, 54-46. The passing improved a wee bit. Corners were even at five. Fouls, 35 in total between the two clubs. 20 on Vancouver, 15 on LAFC. 3-2 on the offsides for Vancouver. Yellow cards, Vancouver beat us in that respect, 4-2. But yeah, not the greatest of games. Thankfully, we didn't have to hold back our heads in shame. We're going to break this down in just a little bit, but I got to say, at least the boys had the wherewithal to not let their heads hang low by going two goals down at home to a team who I would say in all cases uh, is less superior than us. And Well, at least we got a point, man.
0: Philly, that's, that's a solid segue to my next point as well. Look, you're absolutely right. This was a poor, poor draw for LAFC, especially as so much had opened in front of them in the West. Colorado losing... Carson losing. And as we found out today, I believe it was Seattle losing. And so, And by the way, how about the 18 year old Ricardo Pepe for FC Dallas? Youngest hat trick in MLS history as Carson got
1: smoked. <laughs> yeah, for Ricardo nothing. Pepe's my hero of the day.
0: However, you guys ready for the silver lining? You guys ready for a little bit of a, a good thoughts here after what would be a rough, rough draw? Bless us with positivity. Please. You mentioned it, Billy. You said at least we were able to, I believe the term you used was claw back a point. When LAFC have gone down by two or more at home in the history of our club, any competition, Open Cup, playoffs, MLS regular season, any time at home, we usually don't ever come away with at least a point down by two or more. From my research, out of 62 home matches across all competitions, Philly, we've only done it one other time. August 25th, 2019, versus Carson, down 3-1 after 16 minutes. We ended at 3-3. On the road, in all of our road matches, we've actually only ever done it one other time, Philly, the 21st of April, 2018, one of the first few matches of our club's history we were down 3-1 at the half and actually scored four unanswered to win 5-3 against Montreal.
1: Do you so, remember what that game actually was? Do you remember what occurred on that day?
0: The uh, Ignacio Piatti kicked our butts?
1: Well, no. That day, all right, so we opened up the bank a mere week later. Yeah. But we got to go into Bank of California oh, Stadium yeah, the first yeah. time. That's weird. I remember watching that. Simon was a big part of that game, yes. scoring a goal. Yes. There was a bunch of us. We got to walk around the stadium. This was before you and I even met. I'll never forget this. The other highlight, other than LAFC winning this game, from my memories, I got to meet the great Gary Gold on that day. <laughs> oh my so God. I'll never forget that day. It's uh, it's good memories, walking Bank of California Stadium for the first time, seeing the field club, getting to walk around the, uh, the grass, that way, I mean, it's so cool being there. That day. somewhere an
0: angel just got their wings. You mentioned Gary Gold on number the sixty-nine,
1: Giggity Gary Gold, first time in a long time. Where are you, you bloody tosser?
0: Oh my goodness! And Gary, we know you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate you for tuning in. We know you're a big fan. In case you're curious, but yeah, well, let's go back. Look, we've only done it two other times in our club's history, Philly. So I guess after doing my research and finding that out. I was a lot happier about getting a point in this match. However, by the way, don't go back and do the research, see how many times we were up two goals and gave up uh, the lead to only get a tie or to take the loss because that was really bad. That was a lot. You are a- trying to spread positive. I know, I know, I know. But so positive things, we've only done it two other times. Only one other time at home and 62 competitions. Look, it goes to show you that LAFC still does, and I'm going to use it, defend the bank better than any team in Major League Soccer. We love playing in front of the cathedral of the black and gold, 22,000 black and gold faithfulness. We like to call them the millions
1: and millions
0: of LAFC supporters out there, in case you're curious, by the way. Leading scorers, Diego Rossi and now Jose Cifuentes, both with five goals, sit tied for 16th in the league in scoring, six behind leader Raul Ruiz Diaz. Carlos Vela currently tied for fifth in assists with his is five. Three players have six in front of him, while New England's Carlos Hill has 12. Diego Rossi has now played in the sixth-most minutes of all forwards in this MLS season, while Edward Atuesta sits seventh for midfielders. We mentioned Eddie. He's 12th among all defenders in minutes, which I believe puts Jesus David Murillo like 15th. And even after sitting out those first 45 minutes yesterday, he would have been seventh had he started the match. You
1: were quite curious, my friend. I was. I can't say I was as curious as you were, but quite impressive. I'm a math guy. I like
0: stats. I'm a math guy. Philly, you mentioned the passing percentage when you were talking about stats i believe it was what 79 for us 77 for them something like that
1: now we did finish at 80 percent uh it, at the conclusion of the second yeah round.
0: and i looked and i was like god i feel like lafc in seasons pass has been a much better passing team than we are and sure enough philly we are only 20th in passing completion percentage at just over 80 percent this season i thought wow that's really really bad Until I looked at the team right under us, the best team in the league this year, Seattle Sounders, they are 21st in passing. So I don't know. I did notice, here's a fun fact with the scarf. LAFC is also the only team in Major League Soccer so far without a goal off of a header and LAFC does have the second best expected goals scored in the West. It's
1: insane. And
0: fourth overall, twenty four point seven goals, despite only netting twenty. So somewhere out there, there are four point seven goals that we have left on the pitch, Philly.
1: I mean, unbelievable, Uh, unbelievable to think that Seattle being the dominant team over the course of the season, although they are going to be losing their footing as a result of their loss today to Sporting Kansas City 2-0. Good on you, Peter Vermees, good on you. (laughs) But the question now is, where's LAFC in the table? That one point that we got to our 21 gives us a total of 22. Wow. 22 points, six wins on the season, five losses, four draws. We remain in fifth, two points behind Colorado, who had a game in hand, and 10 points behind the Sounders for the top spot in the West. Three points, three stinking points, would have brought us level with the Rapids and just one point behind Carson, but on a brighter note, we do only have three points left to climb up in order to catch Carson, so that's kind of a good deal, and... The next matchup, Scott, yeah. on Wednesday, we welcome an old friend <laughs> Yeah, to the we bank. do.
0: Look, no rest for the weary, right, as LSC has another match in just four days from now. The black and gold, welcome back, Tyler Miller. Miller. I love it so much. Not and Minnesota. I know Larry will be happy to see Tyler Miller.
1: It's, will he pick him up from the airport, though? Is the I question. don't
0: think he will. Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. at the Cathedral of the Black and Gold, Bank of California Stadium. Since replacing the former forward Madison Flamingo, Dane St. Clair, in keeper with LAFC's all-time leading winner, net, Tyler-Miller, Minnesota has stabilized itself and improved their spot in the standings quite a bit. They ran off a seven-game unbeaten streak, winning four and drawing three, with Tyler giving up only four goals in those seven matches and earning four clean sheets. In his first ten matches of the season with Minnesota Philly, they are six wins, three draws, with just one loss. Good on Tyler for the success that he has found. Easy for me to say the word success for the success he has found with Minnesota this season, including a big one nothing win over his first former club, the Seattle Sounders, July 18th, Philly. And LAFC will get a much-needed week-long break after that Wednesday match against Minnesota, but then they have two games in four days yet again, playing sporting at home on the 4th, and traveling to to the friendly confines of San Jose on the 8th. Philly, you and I are trying to figure out how to get to that game in San Jose on the 8th. And by the way, that'll make it six games in just 23 days for any of you wondering why Bob rests some of his players.
1: Way to go, scheduling gods. Unreal that we have so much coming at us in such a short period of time. But hey, for those of you that are fans of the Premier League, you know that during the winter times, during Christmas, the games come at you quite at a, at a torrid pace. So yeah, a lot to be happening. Um, I don't know what our next tailgate is, though. I mean, if you if you don't have work on Wednesday, I'd say, sure, maybe get out there Wednesday. But I don't know when the next tailgate's going to be. You you know,
0: it'll be a few weeks from now, which I have a feeling. But I think
1: we have early games. We do. We don't really have those 7 p.m. games coming up. So this is going to be like a full day tailgate. We're going to get some rest as well if that's the case. I don't know
0: if any of you heard that, but that was my liver and my sleep cycles, both breathing sighs of relief.
1: At the very same time... As you're drinking that Michelob Ultralight, it's, I mean, is, it's, it, is it bringing it's, a sigh of relief because you're not punishing it with far far more... Uh, it's
0: just water while we're recording here. That's all it all is. All right, all right. Uh, look, LAFC has run the gauntlet pretty satisfactorily, I will say. But, you know, much like Rebecca Welton's last guy that she was dating on, Ted Lasso, they've been mm-hmm. fine. Fine. They've been fine, right? So I'm looking forward... To This big match against Minnesota, obviously with Tyler Miller back there in the pipes, hopefully it'll be a little extra motivation for Bob Bradley, maybe for Zach Abdel and for the rest of the black and gold. Although neither Bob or Zach actually suit up and play for the club. So hopefully the players on the pitch. We'll be a little bit more motivated. But, Philly, again, we are solidly above the playoff line, although we are still not that far from the bottom of the West as we are to the top of the West. It's been an interesting, interesting year. But we are scoring goals, Philly, in bunches now. We've got two goals in the last couple of games. We still, though, Philly— They were
1: scoring goals in couples. uh, Yeah,
0: couples. There you go. You know what? That's a much better better term. We still have yet— LAFC, would you have ever thought you would say this, Philly? We have yet to score three goals in a match all season.
1: But they also haven't given up that many goals. So, you know, all things being equal, it it is what it is. It just stinks, some of the matches that they did lose. Team that, you know, they didn't play very well. Very uninspiring. And if you get any opportunity to, I'm sure some people have posted it. Bob's press conference, he was a bit spicy uh, during the presser. And I don't blame him. He, He said, first off, There weren't enough guys that were ready to play. They were overrun in the center of the field. And if you were wondering why... That we four subs came in. That was really the story that prompted the change. Bob was not happy with the boys, and obviously he he took his wrath out on on blessing. He took his wrath out on Farfan. He took his his wrath out on on, uh, on on Blackman Tristan
0: Blackman, who I thought played pretty well. You know that was a surprise to me. And again he he took his he took his wrath out on the five three two three five three. I yeah. think that. You know what, though, Philly? We talk about it with boxing. We talk about it with, like, the NBA. Matchups make fights, right? Matchups make series. Maybe it just wasn't a good matchup for LAFC with all the pressure that Caicedo and Dahomey were able to deliver on the wings there. Maybe the 352532. And Mark Rogandino mentioned this on the broadcast along with Heath Pierce many times. And by the way, shout out to our buddy Max Bredos. We hope for a very speedy and safe recovery yes, to you, sir. my friend. I, you know, COVID is a scary, scary thing and we just want you to get healthy
1: he took it with stride though i will say that if you watch his video he seemed fine
0: yeah no he does but you know what we We, you know we've we've been through a lot in the black and gold community and in our own personal lives with family and friends as well when it comes to covid so hearing anybody that we know or anybody we don't know it doesn't matter anybody who has covid out there man just send up an extra prayer for him and look this is just a little quick psa by the scarf if you haven't been vaccinated, you've been you're on the fence for some reason, or or maybe you need a ride to get there, or maybe you're not sure how it all works. Give us g- give us a shout here at Defenders of the Bank. I'll take you to go get your vaccine. I don't care what it takes. We just want everybody to be healthy and everybody to be back at the bank with all of us, including the dulcet tones of one Max Breda. So we hope, my friend, that you get healthy soon, Philly. Uh, we're gonna do this again in just a couple of days, my friend. Yep. I'm impressed, though. We made it in before midnight. It is still Sunday, July 25th, as we are recording this episode. Can't wait for episode 157, where we get to welcome back our old buddy, Tyler Miller. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes here on Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye. bye